had people come on and talk on my uh, TikTok saying, oh, well, you're demon possessed. I thought that too, because that's just the mainstream thought of, oh, well, they've got multiple voices in their head. Those have to be demons. Mm -hmm. um, not realizing that those are parts of myself that were neglected, that were scared. So I didn't know the things I was experiencing. As a teenager, I would be experiencing emotional flashbacks, but we don't talk about flashbacks other than like in war movies where they're reliving the war. And so I thought I was being demonically oppressed. I was praying, I was rebuking it. And I was like, why isn't God answering me? Am I doing something mm. wrong? And not realizing because I hadn't been able to be with myself during that experience mm. and had never been able to process it. But there's such a stigma on therapy and on mental health that, uh, as an American culture, we don't know how to speak that language. We don't understand. That's the voice of Jenna Kratt. Uh, Jenna is a woman that identifies her pronouns as she and they. She calls herself a system because she has multiple personalities through DID. And she's going to explain to us in this podcast what DID is. But what you're about to hear is a live stream podcast I did with my partners from Evangelicalish this week. And I just thought the story was so important. I wanted to provide it to my nonpartisan evangelical podcast list as well. I'm Pastor Paul. And let me tell you, mental health and spiritual well-being and emotional well-being are topics that are starting to be talked about in church circles, but we do not handle them well. We've treated so many things as demonic that need to be cast out as disorders rather than parts of humanity that are beautifully and wonderfully made of God. And Jenna's going to give us some insight into DID and how the church can better deal with people that have personalities that are not demonic, but rather protections that we believe are provided by God and Holy Spirit to help people function through the day. Does Jenna want to be fixed from DID? We'll ask her that question in this podcast. And so I often talk about this podcast being about proximity, being around people you may not have known before. And now you're going to hear from a person that is more than one person, a system, they, that has different personalities that will come forth, that will front for the person in order to protect that person who has been traumatized in their life. It's such a fascinating discussion. I asked my evangelicalish partners if I could bring that podcast to you here on NPE today. So don't miss it. Jenna Kratt uh, on the evangelicalish podcast. And it's so important. I wanted to play it here on the nonpartisan evangelical podcast as well. Don't forget, if you want to help support this podcast, go to my Patreon page. There will be an ad that will tell you how to do that in the middle of this podcast. And I love your friendship and support. And you guys are great to keep this message that God is not mad at you going out to the world. And even to some Christians who have no idea that God's not an angry, judgmental guy sitting on a throne throwing darts at everybody. God's not mad at you either but he would like for you to stop being mad at everybody else. <laughs> so now, Jenna Kratt, somebody with DID, going to talk to us in the church about how we deal with mental health issues and do it better. Right here on the Pastor Paul podcast and the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at pastor-paul.com. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical where we're challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. So tonight we have a really special guest. Her name is Jenna Craft. She is at... Gianu system on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Um, that's G I A N U system. Um, I actually became friends with Jenna because her husband followed Paul and found out that they lived in the same town that I live in. And so we got connected. So I actually met 
met them on TikTok because they live here. So I'm realizing Cleveland, Tennessee is the center of the deconstructing Christian world. It's also the center of racism. So, (laughs) and yeah, and like uber conservative. Maybe the two coincide, right? Yeah, there's a there's a battle going on. Um, Spiritual warfare. Yes. So Jenna, um, her pronouns are she, they, right? Yes. Oh, they're in her thing. So, so they are a system because she, they have DID, which is disassociative identity disorder. Yes. Um, which is what they used to call multiple personality disorder. And I've learned so much from Jenna. Like I, I'm going to let her talk now, but, um, so she's on to kind of talk to us about her story, her experience with, you know, realizing that she had DID, what that has done for her life and how that's um, affected her faith and how the church has responded. And then later on, we'll talk more about mental health in general. So Jenna, why don't you tell us a little bit for those that may not know what DID is, because I certainly have very limited knowledge before I met you. Kind of explain what DID is uh, and yeah, tell us a little bit about your story. And uh, before I dive into that, like literally, guys, like what you see is what you get. I was on here earlier while we were were prepping and I was so excited meeting everyone to realize that they were exactly how they had seemed, because that's definitely not always the case. And I was nervous. I'm still nervous, but, you know, it's fine. Um, And I'm just uh, so grateful to be (laughs) on here. So thank you. And uh, hi, JC. I see you on the comments. Uh, My people showing up. Um, love that. There you go. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I have dissociative identity disorder. Um, it's been, uh, about four years since I've known, which you would think, uh, if you have multiple personalities, you would, you would really know that. Um, except that it's a covert cope, like not coping that survival mechanism. And, um, if it was really overt, it wouldn't be as good as a survival mechanism. Oh, thank you guys. Um, my people. Um, so one of the ways that I explain that because it seems really far out there. Um, and Paul had asked during early conversation, is that like schizophrenia? It's a very commonly confused thing with schizophrenia because both of them share the the trait of hearing voices. The difference being with schizophrenia, they're having a break from reality. They can't tell what's real, what's not, hearing things that aren't there. With DID, there's not psychosis. That's why like you can't treat it with medication because they're grounded in reality. But what they're experiencing is a part of their brain that's been disconnected, a part of their mind that's been disconnected from the whole so that they weren't aware that that part was there, let alone separated. And when they hear the thoughts from that part, it sounds so different and so distinct. Um, And how I was explaining to everybody earlier, if y'all have kids, it's real easy to get it because you've seen a toddler go from a complete meltdown, completely losing their mind. And all of a sudden it's like little switch flips and they're totally fine and they're happy and they're singing a song. Um, And that's because according to the theory of structural dissociation, all of us experience a fragmented consciousness before a certain age, which is somewhere before uh, like four to nine, depending on the kid. Um, So all of us experience our our ego states separately. If repeated trauma happens before that age, the brain doesn't coalesce that experience of consciousness into a single unified stream. And it does that in order to keep the child relatively able to function. So maybe the part that needs caretakers has experienced this trauma, but if the brain can separate that from the other ego states, like play and socialize, well, then the child can go to school, they can interact with their peers and not be aware of the trauma that's happening at home. Uh, It's really a brilliant like coping mechanism to keep the child relatively able to have a normal life. But Mm. as they grow and their brain grows, the parts that have been sectioned off also can grow. Um, So they continue to develop, but these parts that are sectioned away develop with the the life they've been informed by. So the part that goes to school isn't informed by the part that has experienced trauma. Hmm. Part that's experienced trauma isn't informed by the rest of of life that can be good and wholesome. And when the brain finally allows these parts to meet again, there can be a very large disconnect in how like, oh my word, when I was first learning about my parts and getting to know them, 
Um, there were big arguments about what was safe to do with people and what wasn't. And that's because they were informed by different experiences of our same life. Isn't this a fascinating discussion? I hope you're enjoying it. It's the Evangelicalish podcast. We do it every Wednesday night at six o'clock Pacific. And you can catch April and Jeremy, my TikTok friends, every week when we talk about deconstruction of evangelical Christianity and what that can look like in a very beautiful way. Right now, I want to ask you, do you feel like you can be a part of helping to financially support what I do? I don't do a traditional ministry. I do it through Patreon subscription. And if you want to join and help support, here's how you do it. Why join the Pastor Paul NPE Patreon community? Because it's where all the nonpartisan deconstructing interaction happens. On the NPE Patreon page with Pastor Paul, you get special regular e-inspired content that you can't get anywhere else. You get access to our podcast guests that aren't available to the public. There are special Zoom sessions with Ashley and me and previews to what's coming next in the Pastor Paul world. You're invited into the private NPE Facebook discussion group and there's access to the audiobook version of Paul's novel, Joseph Comes to Town, which isn't available anywhere else in the entire world. And at higher levels of commitment, we can have one-on-one -on -one visits together or even coaching from my Pastor Paul coaching curriculum. The number one reason, though, to join the NPE Patreon community with Pastor Paul to help promote this message, my message, that God is not mad at the world. Your subscription helps fund the Pastor Paul work so we can bring this message to everyone everywhere. So help support the Pastor Paul nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community. Join the Pastor Paul NPE Patreon page and enjoy the benefits of your subscription today. And help me, Pastor Paul, share with those who have lost their faith community and need to know that God is not mad at them. Go to our website on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. Thanks for considering being a part of supporting uh, me financially in prayer and friendship, and I appreciate it a whole bunch. Now, back to the Evangelicalish podcast with Jenna Kratt as we discuss mental health in the church right here on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at pastor-paul.com. Jenna, we would have called this demonic in the church Absolutely. And maybe still do call it demonic in the church. I do think Some we're do. becoming more yeah. informed, but but you have a positive light on this, and I find that interesting. So you you see this as the positive and a part of of uh, maybe something amazing in our physiology and our mental abilities. It's been so healing, actually. Um, which wow. it sounds funny to say, but my life has actually been so much better since I learned about my system. Hard, much harder, um, but so much fuller. Um, there were experiences that I wasn't aware of, emotions I wasn't aware of. Um, I'd never felt anger until I was until I was 25. I never even felt the emotion of anger because my brain was like, anger, anger is dangerous. We're just going to cut that off. Um, hmm. and it wasn't until I was in a place of safety that I was allowed to begin to interact with these parts. Um, oh, and yes, the A system is super fun. Um, I enjoy following them as well. Um, so it's, I've had people come on and talk on my uh, TikTok saying, oh, well, you're demon possessed. It's definitely something that the church informs our thought process on. Um, and I, before I knew that I was a system back when I was, you know, conservative Jenna. Um, I thought that too, because that's just the mainstream thought of, oh, well, they've got multiple voices in their head. Those have to be demons. Hmm. Um, not realizing that those are parts of myself that were neglected, that were scared, some that were still stuck in yes. traumatic experiences. Um, hmm. And uh, I had, sorry, my earbuds. Um, we were talking earlier one of the experiences that I had before my diagnosis, I wasn't informed at all in the language of psychology or therapy uh, with the disorder. So I didn't know the things I was experiencing. As a teenager, I would be experiencing emotional flashbacks, but 
we don't talk about flashbacks other than like in war movies where they're reliving the war. And I didn't know it could come as a wave of emotion that wasn't connected with a memory that I had access to. Mm. Just out of nowhere, terror. And so I thought I was being demonically oppressed at that point. I thought a demon of of like terror was attacking me. And I was I was so like, I was praying, I was rebuking it. And it was like, why isn't God answering me? Am I doing something mm. wrong? Like, mm. why won't this terror go away? And not realizing because I hadn't been able to be with myself during that experience mm-hmm. and had never been able to process it. But there's such a stigma on therapy and on mental health that uh, as an American culture, we don't know how to speak that language. We don't understand. And one of the things that I've learned is that if somebody has a response that seems blown out of proportion for the situation they're in, it's not. It's connected to an experience that they haven't been able mm. to process. So all of that emotion is then brought into the current experience. So yeah, maybe catching up it shouldn't be a big deal, but when it's connected to an experience that's been traumatic and hasn't been processed, all of that experience mm. is now happening again. Um, yeah. And yeah. for me, that's been, it gives me permission and we shouldn't need it to address our mental health. Like, if it, oh, this isn't logical. It gives me permission to just say, this is what I'm experiencing. Whether I understand it or not, I need to just be here with this emotion. So, are, and, and you can answer or tell us to shut up anything we ask, but is your trauma related, did you say? Yes. So um, for, for DID to develop, uh, there has to be uh, a couple key things. Uh, it has to be before the age that the brain coalesces that... Uh, experience of consciousness. It has to be repeatable and it has to be inescapable, at least according to the the mind of the child. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the final one is attachment styles. There has to be an insecure attachment. So I don't know if you guys know about attachment styles. That's a whole really delicious dive. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so for any trauma that is repeated and that the child deems as inescapable, whether they could escape or not, the brain is like, okay, I need to make an escape. Um, And we've been able to kind of trace back where uh, the first memory I have where my memories are in third person, which is an indication of dissociation. Like I remember the first time I asked my husband, I was like, are your your memories in third person? Is it like you're watching yourself? Because I know that can't be how I remember it because I was in the memory, but all my memories are like third person. And he was like, no. Okay, so we don't talk about our own mental yeah. experience. So I didn't know that was abnormal. Um, and so going back in therapy to find where my my memories went from first person to third person, and it was wow. a mental trauma the first time. Um, and I tell people all the time, like any trauma that is inescapable and repeated, even medical trauma, can cause this. Um, I'm just so reading yeah. some of these comments, and and you know, I, I look at. I look at the like the very last comment in the feed, you know, talking about that uh, being a camp counselor, and that that you know another, a fellow counselor said you know people should overcome depression with prayer. Um, oh yeah. my gosh! Like I, I, I just were, oh my gosh. There were several comments on our TikTok page too of people that had anxiety, depression, one or schizophrenia was mentioned, and all of them said that they were told that they had demons. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenna, I'm curious, how how did you Jesus. finally discover that you had DID? Like, what kind of led to your diagnosis? And you were married when you yes. got this diagnosis. So how did your husband respond to you? Because that's, that's a big undertaking. It's a huge undertaking. <laughs> um, so I... Um, I knew I had childhood trauma. Like I remembered a decent amount of it, but I was like, you know, I've, I've done a lot of self-help work. I've read a lot of books, whatever. And I was in my mid thirties and I had a, a major dissociative episode. I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't know what dissociation was, which I can, you know, define that for y'all if you need. Um, but I just knew that I went like numb and blank for several days. And my mm. husband was really concerned. Uh, he was like, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. I thought I had healed, but I think I'm just really good at avoiding triggers and that I need to go to counseling. Um, So I was very functional in in my everyday life. 
I started going to counseling and the first thing we, we work on and you'll work on with any really good therapist is safety and stability. They make sure you are safe and stable in your current environment. And through that, I realized I wasn't safe to experience my own emotions. Like they would overwhelm me and I would shut off. Um, we, like my goal, I, I was like, oh man, Spock, I love that logic. And I didn't realize that emotionality is very crucial to not only the human experience, but human reasoning. Mm -hmm. um, so they helped me to be able to sit with an emotion. And um, about nine months in, when I was able to do that, my, my parts started to show up. And I was very surprised. Um, Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they were mad. <laughs> they were big I, I, mad. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, can you tell us what that was like? I, I... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my husband had actually been coming to counseling. You asked about that as well. He had been coming to counseling with me from like my second or third session in because I started having um, – flashbacks, which I didn't realize what was going on. I just would get sucked into the memory. And um, they were like, do you think your, your husband could come in? And so when I would just get too into the memory, he would just put his hand on my leg and it was grounding, which is bringing yourself back into the present, being aware of what's happening in the present. Mm. And so that was like how I was able to first interact and, and work through emotions. And so he had been there <clears throat> with me and had um, learned with me the techniques for grounding, for sitting with an emotion and uh, accepting what, what you're going through. So I have, uh, the, the holidays are always extremely triggering. I have a lot of trauma around the holidays. And uh, around that time, I started hearing a very angry, like teenage voice yelling at me. And I was trying to like, be fine. Like my, my <laughs> ignore it was my go-to. Yeah. And finally I couldn't ignore it. And so I was like, so Jonathan, um, there's this angry teenage girl yelling at me in my head and I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And he was like, have you tried asking her why she's mad? No, wow. I'm trying to not do this. And that was exactly Smart what husband. needed wow. to happen. Oh man, he's, She's good. And so I asked why she was mad and began to open the dialogue. My next therapy appointment, I was like, so I'm, I'm hearing a voice. So about that. <laughs> right? And the therapist. I hope it's okay that we're laughing with, with you. Oh, with no, this. like, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love DID memes. Some people are like, this isn't a joking matter. I'm like, how else do you get through this? Like, yeah. if I can't make fun of my alters, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. So, so what did she say? What did the young girl say? Oh, well, so I, I go in to tell my therapist and she says, is this an internal voice or an external? And I was like, oh, it's it's internal. But I, oh, it's definitely my, in here. It's in here, but these aren't my thoughts. I've never thought these things. And she was like, well, this sounds like a progression toward healing, which was mm. so helpful. Mm. And so what happened, what the thing she was saying, um, when I was uh, 12, I had uh, several weeks where I ha was kind of plotting my undoing, um, you know, where I would go, how I would do it. And at that point, one of my uh, alters stepped in and locked away the part that was having these, these thoughts because that's what the system is. It's it's there to help keep you alive and keep you safe. And sometimes they don't have the best methods, but they're doing it however they can. Um, so that part was locked away at 12. And when I, uh, achievement unlocked, uh, she was able to talk to me again. She was right at that point. But now we had the skills between us to process what she could not process at the time. Mm -hmm. So in listening to her and in listening to what she was upset about and the things that were like hurting her, we then went through the months long process of like giving voice to that, acknowledging that, yes, this is horrible. All these things are terrible. And then her being allowed to, to heal. Um, and it was, it was incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned something about, um, uh, and remind me, they're alts, right? Is alters. That, yes. Yeah, alters. Yeah. 
So you mentioned that some of those do not come from necessarily a place of trauma, correct? right? But kind of more of a place of protection and empowerment. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. So uh, I for sure have two that don't have any trauma. So there's Lil and she, uh, she's a child. So they call those littles, a child alter. Um, but she's the me that had no experience of trauma. So she's absolutely confident uh, in being loved. She loves to dress up and have fun and be around people. And she is a delight. Um, it was amazing when I met her, getting to see her take on our life because I mm. uh, have chronic illness and, um, you know, mental illness and all of this stuff. And I feel like there's not a lot like that I can do and contribute to society, which is totally the productivity American ideals of what a person's worth are. Say totally that. Focused. Mm. Say that. Right. But she came to the front and she was like, wait, we're married. We have a puppy and a kitty. We're writers. <laughs> all of her childhood Dang. dreams were had come. Like she comes oh. to the front. We're we're full grown with everything she'd ever wanted in life, and it was so healing to be able to look mm. at my life from that perspective. Mm. Hey, so I you, go ahead, April. Oh, I was just going to ask. You also mentioned in our we had a great pre-show meeting earlier so but one thing one thing that i think is super important for a lot of people to know especially about did is um just how the system works to protect the mm -hmm. person and that's and you know the church wants to cast these parts out of you because they're demonic or whatever but you told us a story of how you know you had had thoughts of harming yourself but that and all you know your alters would step in and be and save you can you can you tell Absolutely. us that um so the system is made for protection and sometimes um, mm. the, the alters don't know the best way, but if you're in therapy, you're learning to work together, like they learn, they heal, they get better coping mechanisms as well. Um, so I was telling them about my, my alter Anthony, which that one was, that one was the shock for me. I, I was not ready to meet my male gay alter. I hadn't met any male alters. I didn't know I had any and that he, identified as gay and attracted to men. I was like, I, I can't, I can't handle this. Um, but. And likes because, different food than you, right? Oh gosh. So I hate salmon. I hate salmon. And there's been a time or two he's been in the front and ordered salmon and then something triggers me out and then I'm stuck eating the salmon. <laughs> and I hate it. Like absolutely hate it. But um, yeah. So we talk about how the church affects this sort of thing. Um, because I grew up in purity culture, having any kind of sexual feeling was considered sinful, right? Like, oh right. no. And going from an abusive situation into the conservative, conservative evangelical church made sense to my trauma brain at a deep level. Like God has rules. If you break these rules, God will be mm. wrathful and punish you. Mm. And so my brain, was already primed to be like, okay, so we have to follow God's rules exactly, um, or it's very unsafe. So when I became a teenager and started feeling attraction, my brain was like, oh, no. Um, and so first, because my brain deemed it unsafe to feel attraction toward men, because men are unsafe as a woman, it stuffed that into the, everyone has gender on a spectrum. We all have parts of ourselves that are more masculine and more feminine. So my brain stuffed that into masculine part of me and shoved it down in the basement. Mm. Like, nope, we do not feel attraction and we do not feel it as wow. a female. No. Because and that's because that's it, that is how the church sells sexuality. It's so yes. divided and so separated. Mm. Wow. That's Absolutely. really sorry. Yeah. Oh no. Um, but the thing about Anthony is he does not have, he's one of the alters that doesn't have trauma. So he was created because like the trauma of, oh no, purity culture, I can't, I can't feel these. But when he comes to the front, he has the freedom to feel attraction and not feel guilt. Like it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, but I was recently in a bad place and I've, as an adult, I've never had them have to come and rescue me uh, until recently. And um just a whole bunch of stuff all snowballed at once. 
Mm. And I was in the grocery store and I was feeling like shit. I was like, I, I'm just, I'm the worst and I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life that's worthwhile. And all of a sudden, Anthony uh, switches out and I went from feeling like I was shit to Anthony being like, oh no, we are the shit. Any of these people <laughs> were walking by, any of these people would be privileged to have you give them some of your time. Hmm. And once again, being able to see it from another perspective was so helpful. And me being able to de-escalate, to be able to look at my situation differently. And I got to say, the confidence, if I could have that confidence all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the absolute. Mm, well, and, fantastic. And, and, you know, something that you talk about these, definitely a couple of different um different personalities that'll come to the front mm -hmm. and, and kind of give you peace and give you, yes. give you that refocus. And, and, you know, even in this situation, you're talking about like save you. Um, yeah, very much so. But the church would say the evangelical church would say these things are demons. We must cast them out. Mm -hmm. And so to me earlier, we were kind of joking around about like that whole process with the evangelical church. And I said, it's like civil war surgery. It's like before we really kind of thought through the way like modern medicine should work. And it was like, oh, you have this paper cut. Well, let us amputate your arm, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's the way I see the evangelical mm -hmm. church treating mental health and, and probably namely, especially Jenna, um, the, the path that you have walked, because it's like, we need to cut these things out of you. And it's like, at mm -hmm. what point is the evangelical church going to progress and going to, uh, mature into realizing that this could be good and protective and we can offer safety mm -hmm. in these things and just meet people right where they're at mm -hmm. and go, you're not bad it's just who you are. Yeah. And, uh, but unfortunately we're just, we're still the evangelical yeah. church is still in the, in the, in the business of amputating when they yeah. don't understand. Well, and, and Jenna, if and that's if a problem, we, if we could cast Anthony out of you in the name of Jesus, what, what would that do to you? Oh, so I've, I've had <laughs> actually, I've had a lot of people uh, on my channel have had exorcisms performed on them, which, one, it doesn't work because this is a part of your brain. It's a part of your personality. It's just not a part that you were able to be connected with because of trauma. Um, but the, the exorcism they, probably is trauma in and of itself. That's exactly what happens. They're then further traumatized. And then those altars are further traumatized. So Anthony, uh, not having trauma, then could have uh, a traumatic experience and lose that beautiful confidence oh, wow. uh, because of of going through that and a lot of people, uh, a lot of systems, which is what uh, um, people with DID often refer to themselves are because uh, system of personalities, uh, a lot of systems have had very negative hands, uh, experience at the hands of the church. Like mm -hmm. um, most of them just leave. Uh, I know there's a, a few that are still involved with the church, but it's something that is, is so triggering because exorcisms, because I'm saying, oh, what you're experiencing is demonic. Um, mm -hmm. And because those that stay usually can't be known. Like, you know, it's like being um, uh, gay in the church. Like, yeah, you can be that, but can you be that openly? Because mm. no. the church doesn't understand. They don't accept Jeez. and they, they treat you very differently. Real quick, um, Kristen in the chat wants to know if you know when an altar comes to the front. And I think everyone would also like to know That's how many question. altars do you have? Absolutely. Uh, so I say we have about 10 um, because fusion can happen where uh, altars can come together, but it's not necessarily a permanent practice. It's like the brain learning a second language. Uh, mm -hmm. So people who learn a second language in times of stress, they revert back to their primary language, which is exactly what the brain does. Uh, so alters confuse, but then in times of stress and trauma, usually they come back out because this is what the brain knows for stress and trauma. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's why I say I have about 10 because it just kind of depends where mm -hmm. everybody, where everybody's at. Um, and do you know when one, like, do you know who's fronting? Are you aware of when they 
Yeah. Usually there's, there's sometimes, oh, and that's actually my shirt here. Lindy Spaghetti. That's my merch. Um, nope. Hang on a second. Show <laughs> it again. Lindy yeah. Spaghetti. Um, so, is, that in, that. is that in your bio? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Quick plug. Cause we got to get it in. Uh, can people get that and link in your bio? Absolutely. On uh, YouTube, on TikTok. Uh, it's in my bio. I've got a, a fun merch store. Uh, so my child alter Lil was talking about how she was Blindy Spaghetti with Jenna. And the people were like, that's fantastic. We need it on a shirt. Uh, because mm -hmm. that's sometimes it's full on one alter. But as you're learning and breaking down the barriers that the brain put into place for safety, like the traits can cross and you're just like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure who's in the front. <laughs> that's what we call Blendy Spaghetti. Um, but is it possible? Sorry. Sorry. I, I just have yeah. to ask this question. Is it possible that there is more than one at the front at a time? Just just for clarification. Yeah. So that that is called uh, there's several uh, different kind of varieties of that. So you have co-fronting which is where two alters are fronting at the same time. And fronting is being in control of the body. Um, when they co-front, that is a very weird feeling because at any moment, uh, if I was co-fronting with Anthony is usually who it happened with, like I could be going to do something and Anthony's like, oh, no, honey, we, we are not. Wearing that is usually his statement. We're <laughs> not wearing that. Um, but... Um, then there is consciousness, <laughs> which is where one is in the front, but there are others who are aware. Uh, so mm -hmm. I could be like, well, right now I'm talking to you guys as Jenna, the host, like, welcome to my system. I'm the host. Let me introduce you. Um, but because I've been talking about Lil, she is aware and paying attention. She's co-conscious. Um, mm -hmm. Switching is when we kind of pass the baton for who's in the front. Uh, Triggers can cause a switch very quickly. Um, if there's something that makes me uh, angry because I don't handle anger well yet, I'm I'm still learning, I'm in therapy. Uh, J.A., Jennifer Adriana, will usually come to the front with all of her badassery and handle the problem. Um, mm -hmm. And she's, she's fantastic. She doesn't get like, I'm trying to compare her like to somebody in media. <laughs> she's just very like, no, this is how it is. This is what's happening. We will not accept this behavior to be done to us. She's fantastic. Mm. Um, like everyone needs a JA. And... <laughs> no, she's not well, as Yeah, so we had uh, what was called a sozo ministry in our, our church, and uh, which was an inner healing ministry. And it was, and there was a big controversy about this exact issue of. Uh, there was a, a ministry we worked with that they would say they called it guardians, and and they would they were saying in a in a training like you don't take somebody's guardian away until they're ready to let it go, and that was a big. We had much discussion about mm -hmm. do you allow this to stay or not. You had talked about your your little one having healing. So what does healing look like in the church? For somebody that's that's DID, Jenna, how how do we very empathetically and and progressively and with healing in mind work with this? Um, I think the very first step, which is the first step in healing in a lot of areas in our culture right now, is believing people when they tell us what's going on without mm. judgment. Hmm. Just when they tell you this is happening. I'm experiencing this. Just believe them. And I'm here for you. I might not know what to do, but if yeah. you know how I can help, just let me know. Um, yeah. Mm. So do, do you feel like integration of these parts at some point would be something you would desire or do you, do you feel okay as you are? My husband and I have talked about this extensively because um, so healing uh, can come in two ways for multiples. There can be fusion. Um, then they call it final fusion when all of the parts come together and functional multiplicity. So um, I'm at a point of functional multiplicity uh, right now. My parts and I have met each other. We get along. We listen to each other's concerns about the life that we're sharing together. Um, and I at being like, I would love that confidence. Like I look at fusion and go, that would be nice. And my husband goes, I would miss everybody. Please don't. <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> like, 
And so our, our goal is whatever health looks like. Some people really go like, I'm, I'm going for fusion or I'm going for functional multiplicity. And I'm like, whatever my brain does, whatever our path toward health, wherever that takes us, that's, that's where we go. Mm. I just have to say too, uh, I've also met Jonathan, her husband, and he's great. But I just think it is so beautiful how, because you've told us before that he can recognize who's fronting without you telling him. Yeah. And yeah. I think, didn't you say that he like took Anthony out on a date yes. one night? Like, I, just, <laughs> I love that. That's dope. I, I wish I had a picture. And and yes, Laura, he he shouldn't exist. Like, I've met other men and I'm like, you, why? How do you exist? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. He is as close to perfect as I think you can get and be human. He does have faults. He gets sullen. Like, he gets stressed. Like, but sullen and stressed, I can take for a man who is absolutely like, well, have you asked her why she's mad? Oh, hey, he likes to get dressed up and go out. Let's do that. Um, and he's oh my gosh. absolutely every part that he's met, he... And he's an Enneagram seven. If anyone like, if that gives you a bead, like for him, this has been an adventure. Hmm. He was, he told me like, who else has been married for 15 years and then meets parts of their spouse. They didn't know, learns hmm. things about, hears stories they've never heard before. Hmm. Um, he was like, there's just more of you to love now. Um, oh, wow. Right? That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. We need the church to be like Jonathan. Yes, that's 100% what the church needs to do. 100%. And I want to reemphasize this point because I think it's really important. So for you, you can continue to be DID, have these parts, and feel like you are living the full life that Jesus came to bring. You are what God created you to be in all the fullness of of. The, the purpose of life God has for you. Absolutely. And mm. my, my brain is just neurodivergent. It did something other brains don't do to keep me from trauma. It will always be neurodivergent from here out, but that doesn't have to be unhealthy. Those things aren't synonyms, neurodivergent and unhealthy. It's just my experience of consciousness is different, but I still experience the full range of what other people do. It's just in a different way. I feel like if the church could have taken the time to actually do studies on mental health, like I think DID speaks so much greater to God's design and his mm -hmm. majesty. The fact that our brains as kids can split off and fragment like that to protect us, mm -hmm. you know, where otherwise like a kid could not survive immense trauma fearfully and wonderfully made yeah but Absolutely. that our but that our brains could do that and then we took the church took what is supposed to be a safety mechanism put there by god and demonized it wow. and how many lives have been lost due to suicide or or people put in mental institutions being told that they're crazy when in reality they just needed help yes. they just needed someone to listen to wow. them well so to good. accept what they were going through and help them to learn to accept it. Absolutely. I think the problem within the evangelical church is there's a lack of authenticity and this yeah. pressure to <laughs> appear like you have everything yeah. together. There's this pressure to not have mental issues because if mm. you have a mental issue that, that says something about your Christianity or your lack yes. of faith or um, like it, it's, it's somehow if you admit that you have some kind of mental illness, it, it somehow makes you lesser of a person in the, mm -hmm. in the church. Um, and I remember, um, at the old church that we used to work at, it was a pretty large church. Um, my husband did a testimony video for a guy who was healed, quote unquote, healed from PTSD. And he, since I've been making TikToks, that guy who I had forgotten about um, messaged me and said, hey, I'm the guy that you guys did the video on who had PTSD. And I just want to let you know, like, I wasn't like I ended up not being healed. Like I thought I was healed mm. for like for several months, but wow. all, but but then he suddenly had this added pressure because that was a four thousand member church that his testimony blasted to. He had this added pressure to not have relapses and to and like whatever PTSD was having. Yes. Then, then he was suddenly forced to deal with it silently because he had been healed. Yes. He had to keep up yeah. that persona. Absolutely. Wow. And then he can't get help. And this is how, like you were talking about, this is how people end up committing suicide because then they don't have the 
they don't feel like they can reach out because, well, if they had enough faith, uh, maybe then their healing would have stuck. Um, if they, no, like this is such a common thing because when we're sick physically and we go up to get healed, like it's pretty obvious we did get healed. But if we go up to get healed and where we need help is our brain, which by the way, when they say it's all in your head, like, oh, you mean the thing that runs everything? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is what is broken. It runs everything. Um, you, you mean, you mean the CPU unit for this entire process? Yes, it is in my I, head. I think this is a fascinating question that Joy has here. Do your alters have connection to God similar to Jenna? So this was a fascinating experience for me. So uh, I have... People with DID, one of the, the components is uh, amnesic barrier, so some memory issues. So um, I have that with a couple alters, but most of them, I remember everything that happens while they're out. And so experiencing their experience with God was just, it just expanded my view. Um, so God really met each part where they were. Um, some of them, I think they all kind of believed in God because we have had mystical experiences that just there's mm -hmm. no explanation for. And also, that's one thing that for us was hard about being open to our Christian friends about uh, our disorders, because, well, are they going to believe us when we tell them, well, God, God showed me this. God spoke to me because, well, your alters speak to you as well. well yes, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> I listen to them, too. Um, <laughs> but. So Anthony, Anthony, we were still going to church pre-pandemic, all this was like, I think I'd like to go to church. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he, is that okay? Like, can I go to church? Because when he's in the front, he fully identifies as gay. So hmm. like, it doesn't matter that he's in this body. Like, is he welcome in church as himself? Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can go to church. And so he went to church and I, I recall that the experience, like the, the pastor was talking and Anthony was having his whole, this, just this whole experience with God, like separate. The pastor said something and it just like snowballed, segued. And being the only one of us that doesn't have a problem and issue with men, it cracked me up because God has come as, you know, Father God to mm. the most wounded of us who have father issues to Anthony. He came as mother. He came wrapped in the feminine and mm. I am used to experiencing God. And I didn't think of masculine energy versus feminine energy until Anthony has this experience where God is like, come here, baby, mm. let me hold you like this mama love experience. And I think that's when we started being like, oh no, we're, we're using some, some they, them pronouns from God for here on out. Um, but well, we've each had our own experience with the divine. I just want to say too, Jenna, like uh, that gave me chills as well, because I was just thinking how wrong the church has had it, that they would stigmatize you or anyone with DID or mental illness as having something wrong with them. But God has met your individual parts. Mm -hmm. And he went and met Anthony, who is a gay man in a female body, and that would explode the minds of the Ben Shapiros. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I don't care about God. the feeling, like, Ben. <laughs> but like, that, how beautiful, like, that is just, God is so much bigger than the freaking box that the yeah. evangelical church, yeah, maybe just the, the church in general, has put him in. Yes. And, and God can meet us exactly where we're at uh that's where he met anthony ja who i was saying deals with anger um she was going on an internal rant like she was stuck in a, a cycle as we all do mm -hmm. that she couldn't think her her way out of because she didn't have access to like information i had you know for her mm -hmm. experiences and like god just reached in to her circle and said what about this pulled her to a dead stop, like blink, blink. And she, she wasn't praying. Like she was ranting, brushing our teeth, ranting in her mind about it. And then she was like, wait, so you have a point, but you're real. And if you're real, why, why are you intervening here and not and mm. hunger and not on injustice? And 
And so her relationship with God is very like, still anger based. Like she gets mad and she yells at God. God, God doesn't care. God is big enough to handle our anger, our questions. That doesn't mm -hmm. intimidate them at all. Like that's exactly where they met her. And, and it wasn't a problem. It's still not. Gosh, that's, that's amazing. I really appreciate you sharing this story. Mm -hmm. and, and I think if, if, if anybody needs some, some Bible underneath this, I, I mean, I really believe mm -hmm. when the Bible says God, God won't tempt us beyond anything that we can stand up under, you know, to me, if, 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 a, if our physiology needs to provide this mm -hmm. way of protecting us, uh, physiology, mentally and spiritually, I think God's going to say, I'm not going to take that tool from you. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, it, I felt this in my own life once at, at a time of, of just God sort of saying like, I'm, you've put the shellac around your heart to protect yourself, Paul. And, mm -hmm. and, and I let you do it because that's the only tool you had to protect yourself. But now yes. we're going to start to do some heart work because you can do it now. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's what I love about you saying, Hey, if, if this is it, I'm getting healthy and the parts are getting healthy, beautiful. That's the life God has for me. And if there is, some more of, of the, the, the fusion, I think you said, mm -hmm. that's beautiful too. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's who God is. That, mm -hmm. is. that is who God is. And just like Gabriel said, to meet Anthony just as, as he is mm -hmm. and all of you as they are. I, I just love this. this. That's a God I can love and worship every single day. Yeah. I really think when Jesus was like, you know, whoever... Um, basically hurts these little ones, leads them astray. I think that really applies to mental health spaces. These mm. are the most vulnerable. They have been so hurt and so crushed. And I can't even invite these people to church. Like they mm. have been, because the church is only going to wound them more. And I think it's better that they would have a millstone tied around their neck wow. and thrown mm. into the ocean than what they're doing to these people in mental health spaces. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's that's a mic drop end of I sermon think. right there.